and of course, George Orwell's 1984, because they have no sense of irony. They're always trying to censor this one. That was Maryland Congressman Jamie Raskin, March 23rd, 2023, on the House floor. For Democrats like Congressman Raskin, the topic was book banning. For Republicans, the topic was the Parental Bill of Rights. For this episode of C-SPAN's podcast, The Weekly, the topic is George Orwell. Because this is the second part of our two-part Congress Year Enders, Congress in 2023. In part one, for Christmas, we heard from members of Congress talking about Jesus. Now, in part two, it's the year in George Orwell. My name is Nate, and I'm part of the team at C-SPAN that brings you live coverage of Congress and the day's top political events unfiltered. As a nonprofit organization that receives no government funding, we're asking for your help to support C-SPAN's daily operations. Please visit cspan.org slash donate to learn more and consider making a one-time or recurring tax-deductible donation. That's cspan.org slash donate. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. First off, who is George Orwell? For a quick background, let's hear from Christopher Hitchens. He wrote a book about Orwell called Why Orwell Matters. Christopher Hitchens appeared on C-SPAN's Book Notes, October 17th, 1993. Who's your favorite radical journalist in history? In history? I suppose I'd have to say George Orwell. I, I know it's cliched because everyone now pretends to admire him, but there was a long time when he wasn't well-known and certainly not well-liked. And I think it shows in his prose, and it's those bits of his prose that I admire Did he go to the most. No, he didn't go to university at all. Nor did my living favourite, uh, Gore Vidal, go to college either. And I've always thought that's a good counsel to people who think that credentials are everything. You don't have to do any of that. Orwell went to a privileged public school, but he then went off to be, again because of the poverty of his family, went off to be a colonial policeman in Burma. What did you like about George Orwell? Well, um, again, not to sound too conventional about it, um, I think he really would follow a logic and honesty to their, to their full conclusion. I mean, he would not be deflected by the fact that this might offend someone he knew or some cause with which he was associated, or more important, I mean, wouldn't uh, even discompose himself. In other words, he thought, okay, if I don't like this conclusion, I'm still sticking with it if it's, if it's been arrived at honorably. It sounds like an easy thing to do or to say, but it's actually very hard to live by, and I think he really did live by it. I thought he, I thought he put up a good show for the left in his life at a time when it was in great difficulty because people were pressed very hard to say, look, if you're on the left, you must support the Soviet Union because it's endangered and it's encircled by fascism and so on, and you mustn't criticize it in public even if you have your doubts. And he said, no, that, that would be stupid. That would be giving up the thing that makes me a radical in the first place, which is the right to think for myself. And here's an example, two years later, of how George Orwell is cited in congressional debate. After the last few days, even the most naive American cannot hear those words, and I repeat, the UN Protection Force, without being sickened by its Orwellian name. That was Delaware Democratic Senator Joe Biden discussing Bosnia, July 19, 1995. 
Now, let's fast forward three decades and get right to present day 2023 and the U.S. Congress, a year full of George Orwell mentions in both chambers and from both parties. Let's return to how we opened with Maryland Democrat Jamie Raskin on March 23rd. It is amazing to me, thank you, Mr. Chairman, it's amazing to me to see politicians who oppose a universal violent criminal background check and who defend assault weapons after the massacres at Columbine, after Parkland, Florida, after Sandy Hook in Newtown, Connecticut, after Uvalde, after Santa Fe, Texas, that they are now going to keep America's children safe by banning The Handmaid's Tale in 1984. That wasn't the only mention of George Orwell that day in Congress. In fact, several others. Here's Congressman David Schweikert, Republican of Arizona. So I'm going to go over some of this again because I have a new punchline. I did this a week or so ago, got all sorts of crap about it, except I have reconfirmation that my math was good. So let's actually take a look at the left's Inflation Reduction Act, which is the most Orwellian name in modern history. And here's a Democratic senator that same day, Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, citing George Orwell. And like Representative Raskin, he was talking book bans. As we speak, House Republicans are considering a sweeping piece of legislation that would nationalize school policy, endanger billions in nutrition funding, and accelerate the trend trend of book bans across the nation. The House Republican school control bill is Orwellian to the core. On June 8th, Senator Schumer hit that theme again. Today's announcement includes new community safety partnerships, initiatives to support the LBGTQI plus children and their mental health, and a dedicated response to the truly Orwellian trend of banning books across the country. Staying in the Senate, on April 26th, Democrat from Rhode Island Sheldon Whitehouse reacted to then-House Speaker Kevin McCarthy's plan for the debt and deficit. McCarthy calling this monstrosity the Limit, Save, Grow Act would make George Orwell blush. In reality, McCarthy's plan would result in unlimited carbon pollution, massive losses to the federal government and American families and businesses, and very likely crashes in whole sectors of the economy. Another single-day double blast of George Orwell in the House on July 18th from two different Republicans. First, here's Chip Roy of Texas. Energy, whole other thing. Wealthy people drive around in expensive electric vehicles, while climate czar John Kerry this week flies to China, spewing a trail of CO2 so he can go preach about the climate in China. You can't even make this up. Orwell would just be down here somewhere between laughing and crying. Then Scott Perry of Pennsylvania. Look, I'm not a math whiz, self-admitted. But I can do arithmetic. We spent over a trillion dollars in a month around this place. And so you're saying saving 12 billion to send to, to, to spend one trillion, let alone four trillion, is a good deal. Only in Washington. Only in Washington. I mean, literally, Orwell, he thought he was writing fiction. He thought he was writing fiction but it's coming to fruition and we're living in it. Two days later, July 20th, a House hearing on censorship and free speech. The main witness, 
independent presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Here's Democratic Congressman from Virginia, Jerry Connolly. I've been in this Congress 15 years, and I never thought we'd descend to this level of Orwellian dystopia. Suddenly the tools of the trade are not to get at the truth, but to distract, distort, deflect, and dissemble. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. We heard George Orwell and Dystopia again two months later. September 13th from Louisiana Republican Congressman Mike Johnson, a month before he became Speaker. And it wasn't just the Hunter Biden laptop story. It was a lot of categories of things. It it, it included... um, uh, negative information about the economy. It, it included uh, people's opinions, conservatives' opinions about the efficacy of, of uh, COVID vaccines and the lockdowns and how crazy that was and what they were doing to school children. All that stuff was censored. They, they even took down jokes about the president. If you, made, if you posted parody about President Biden, or even as a candidate or when he was elected, it was pulled off the internet. It's unbelievable, it's staggering. The judge says in the judge's words in the court that this is uh, arguably... The, the largest and the greatest attack on free speech in U.S. history. He called it Orwellian. He said it was dystopian. By the way, don't think we're done with March 23rd. We heard earlier three mentions of Orwell that one day in Congress. Believe it or not, there were more. What a banner day for George Orwell. Two mentions of Orwell from both parties in one House hearing on, that's right, March 23rd. The topic, detaining Uyghurs in forced labor camps in China. First, here's a Republican from South Dakota, Dusty Johnson. Secondly, Mr. Chairman, I would ask for unanimous consent to show a short video from The Economist, which displays the terrifyingly Orwellian surveillance state that the CCP has assembled to control the Uyghur people. And second, here's Democrat from New York, Richie Torres. China spends more on domestic security than it spends on its own military. At the beginning of Xi Jinping's rule from 2012 to 2017, China's domestic security budget doubled. But in the Xinjiang province, the security budget tripled. Xinjiang has emerged as the most Orwellian police state on earth, with cameras and checkpoints tracking every person and monitoring every behavior that triggers even the slightest semblance of suspicion. On September 28th, the House debated State Department and foreign aid spending. Representative Michael Cloud, Republican of Texas, said this. You know, when George Orwell wrote the book 1984, most people took it as a cautionary tale. Some of our friends on the left took it as an instruction manual. And literally, we've seen this administration try to stand up a ministry of truth. We've seen accurate information about where a lab leak might have come from, labeled as disinformation. We've seen medical experts with life-saving information be labeled as spreaders of misinformation, having their careers ruined and tragically costing the lives of thousands, if not millions of people. In response, the Democrat, Delegate Stacey Plaskett from the Virgin Islands, mentioned Orwell too. And as for Orwellian uh, cries by my my colleagues on the right, 
That's absolutely ludicrous that you would be concerned with that. You're only concerned with free speech now because it's impeding conspiracy theories that you want to put forward. And on November 2nd, Georgia Republican Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene quoted from George Orwell's legendary book, 1984. My amendment prohibits funds from being used to remove any monument on land under the jurisdiction of the Department of Interior. For too long, communist Democrats have been hell-bent on erasing our culture, way of life, and our history, whether we agree with it or not. As George Orwell wrote in 1984, they want a future in which every record has been destroyed or falsified. Every book has been rewritten. Every picture has been repainted. Every statue and street and building has been renamed. Every date has been altered. And that process is continuing day by day and minute by minute. And history has stopped. Nothing except exists except an endless present in which the party is always right. In 2020, nearly 168 Confederate symbols were removed across the United States, many of which were violently torn down by radical BLM Antifa activists that burned American cities to the ground. Most recently, the statue of Confederate General Robert E. Lee that stood for nearly a century in Charlottesville, Virginia, was dismembered and melted down in a 2,250-degree furnace. The news media was quick to flood social media with video posts of the statue's head melting down in fire. This was the message. The communists in our country have made it clear that they will not stop with Robert E. Lee and will continue to do this until George Washington's statue is burning in fire. And now a bonus clip. All these mentions in Congress in 2023 of George Orwell in 1984 You might be curious, did anyone in Congress mention George Orwell and 1984 in 1984? Funny, we were wondering the same thing. And the answer is yes. In fact, it happened on a historic day. Pennsylvania Congressman Bob Walker, May 10th, 1984. Serious Congress junkies will recognize that date, a milestone in the history of television coverage of Congress. Representative Walker, a Republican, was speaking on the House floor when Democratic Speaker Tip O'Neill ordered the cameras to pan the chamber. The purpose, to show that no one was present for Congressman Walker's special order speech. Are such cases of wrongdoing important to the survival of democracy? Republican leader in the House, Robert Michael of Illinois, thought so on June 29, 1983, when he argued in favor of a full investigation of the altered transcript of the EPA hearing. Michael pleaded with the House to act. He said, and I quote, what is at issue here is the integrity of the House. This House lives and breathes through its records. The history of our Republic is written in good part on what is said, what is done here, and how it is recorded. Our records are the heart of our legislative process. Our records are the foundation on which courts and the executive branch administer and interpret our laws. In George Orwell's 1984, The record of the past was systematically distorted to suit the wishes of Big Brother. Inconvenient facts were sent down the memory hole. That's it for this episode of C-SPAN's The Weekly. And that's it for The Weekly this year. We'll be back next year with new podcasts from the legendary glass-enclosed nerve center of C-SPAN Radio, located in beautiful downtown Capitol Hill, and still coming to you every week from right here 
in the heart of C-SPAN's historic podcast district. We'll have more fresh episodes and more gems from the C-SPAN video library. For now, we'll just borrow from the famous Apple computer ad that borrowed from George Orwell and ran during the 1984 Super Bowl. On January 4th, C-SPAN Radio will introduce more of the weekly podcasts, and you'll see why 2024 won't be like 1984. Thanks for listening, happy searching, and on behalf of Kate Mills and Shannon Rice and everyone who brings you C-SPAN Radio, Happy New Year.